0: Hello, this is Anna from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 28th of June. India reported over 46,000 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total number of infections in the country to over 3.02 crore. The death toll increased by 919 and with this, the total fatality count now stands at 3.96 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. Health experts have called for strong surveillance on four emerging variants of COVID-19, apart from the Delta Plus strain. The variants to be watched out for are B.1.617.3, B.1.1.318, and Lambda, which is C.37. Besides, the kappa variant or B point one point six one seven point one has also been suggested for close monitoring. In a virtual meeting today, All India Institute of Medical Sciences chief Dr. Randeep Guleria asserted the importance of strengthening the public health system under the possibility of a third wave. He said, and I quote: "This is important not because of the current pandemic situation, but." because of what the last 15 years have shown us, that for the future, we will have to be prepared for ongoing outbreaks and pandemics, He added that India's public health policy has been designed to provide a standard of care as a package to the population up to the primary health level, but the basic aim is to have equitable access to health care, even in rural and remote areas of the country. Serum Institute of India Chief Adar Poonawalla said he has taken up the matter of vaccine passports for Covishield beneficiaries travelling to Europe at the highest level. His comment came after reports suggested that those who took the Covishield jab may not be eligible for the European Union's Green Pass. Green Pass is an immunity document meant to ease travel within and to the bloc. Odisha Health Minister Naba Kishore Das Wrote to Union Health Minister Dr. Harsh today to provide 6 lakh additional COVID-19 vaccine doses immediately for the state. He pointed out that since 21st of June, an average of 3 lakh people have been vaccinated per day. A survey conducted by the Brihan Mumbai Municipal Corporation from 1st of January to 17th of June found that out of the 2.9 lakh surveyed COVID-19 patients in Mumbai. Only 26 contracted the virus after receiving the second vaccine dose and 10,500 after the first dose. The survey was done to ascertain figures of infection after vaccination. Meanwhile, amid the fears of a possible third wave, Maharashtra implemented tighter restrictions in cities like Nagpur, Thane, and Pune. Under level 3 restrictions, all essential shops will be allowed to function till 4 pm on all days while non-essential shops and establishments are only allowed to remain open till 4 pm on weekdays. The Uttarakhand government, too, extended the coronavirus curfew by one week, with some relaxations. Gyms will be allowed to operate at 50% capacity, while markets will remain open for six days. According to Indian Express, the primary accused that set up Kolkata's unauthorised COVID-19 vaccination camps in which beneficiaries were given fake vaccines said that he had written to a pharmaceutical company to purchase COVID-19 shots. The police are now verifying his claim. Last week, 28-year-old Debanjan Deb was arrested for impersonating a joint commissioner of the Kolkata Municipal Corporation. He also claimed that vaccines administered at two camps in Kasbah and City College were genuine. At the global level, according to Johns Hopkins University, coronavirus has infected over 181 million people and killed more than 3.92 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. According to Scroll, the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Information and Technology has summoned officials of Facebook India and Google India on Tuesday. This pertains to discussing rights of social media users And preventing the misuse of the platforms with a special emphasis on women's security in the digital space. Headed by Congress MP Shashi Tharoor, the panel had met representatives of Twitter India for a discussion on the same issues last month. At the time, Twitter officials were told to abide by Indian laws for social media platforms. Moreover, during the meeting, BJP MP Nishikant Dubey had raised objections over the neutrality of fact checks on Twitter. And had claimed that many of them were not politically neutral. Twitter India's public policy manager Shagufta Kamran and legal counsel Ayushi Kapoor had reportedly deposed before the parliamentary panel. The panel's meetings with social media companies come amid a scuffle between them and the Centre on the new information technology rules. Meanwhile, in other news, the Delhi High Court today declined to state that Centre's 28th May notice that had asked digital news portals to comply with Information Technology Rules 2021. According to Indian Express, the court said that there was no question of the vacation bench granting any interim relief to the petitioners. The petitioners included Quint Digital Media Limited and its director Ritu Kapoor, the Foundation for Independent Journalism, and the Pravda Media Foundation, amongst others. The petition argued that the IT rules create a space for the state to enter and control news by way of deletion, modification or blocking, censure, compelled apology and more. It further contended that clubbing online news portals with social media as distinct from the print news media is unfair and irrational classification. Quint's petition also argued that the executive power to virtually dictate content to digital news portals would violate Article 14 and 191 a of the Constitution. The vacation bench of Justices Hari Shankar and Subramanian Prashad, however, observed that the notice is only for the implementation of the rules and that the petitioners had not made a case that the notice is contrary to the rules. Announced in February and coming into effect in May, the new information technology rules are a sweeping set of regulations framed to regulate social media companies, streaming platforms, and digital news content. They also, for the first time, virtually bring them under the ambit of government supervision. The rules have also been widely contested for them going beyond the remit of the Information Technology Act 2000, under which they have been issued. It's been argued that unlike the new rules, provisions of the IT Act don't in any way seek to regulate or control digital news media. The Supreme Court today dismissed a PIL seeking action against the alleged forceful religious conversion of Hindus in Mewat No district in Haryana. According to life law, a three-judge bench dismissed the PIL observing that the court cannot entertain a matter merely based on newspaper reports. The plea was filed by two lawyers who alleged that the fundamental rights of Hindus residing in the district are being disrupted by the Muslim community. They claimed that the local police failed to exercise powers as a result of which the life and liberty of Hindus are in peril. Citing this, they requested the deployment of paramilitary forces in the district to protect the life of Hindus and also sought directions to rehabilitate the exodus Hindus at their respective properties. However, the bench expressed its reluctance to entertain the petition and dismissed it. In the context of perpetrated religious conversions, to no one's surprise, some media houses did what they do best peddling misinformation. Some TV news channels have run primetime shows on the Uttar Pradesh police busting an alleged conversion racket in Delhi, coupled with angry anchors also telling us the racket was being funded by Pakistani spy agency ISI. But did any of these channels actually verify the claims they were pushing forward as fact? Well, we did. News Laundry's Akansha Kumar hit the ground to find out if there is any truth behind the narratives playing out on TV screens. Here is what she found. While the TV channel said over thousand people had fallen victim to this racket, so far no more than two families have alleged forceful conversion of their sons. She also met the wife of Muhammad Umar Gautam, whom the police claim is the leader of this conversion racket. The couple converted to Islam in the 1980s and his wife said, and I quote, My husband was a disciple of Lord Hanuman and would visit the temple every Tuesday and Saturday. We were so religious that people would often call me Pujita, meaning one who worships, unquote. To know more, you can read her report on our website. It is titled, The Curious Case of Thousand Conversions, Who is Umar Gautam? Listeners, the problem with fake news is that if you don't bust it, it turns into a vicious cycle. We did our job as journalists, as an independent media house that does not answer to governments or corporates. Through our subscription-based ad-free model, we not only bring you the facts, but also hold the legacy media accountable. And you can help us keep this going. Subscribe to News Laundry today. You can do so by clicking the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Our subscription starts at Rs 300 a month only. Yesterday, the Bar Council of West Bengal wrote to Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana seeking the removal of Acting Chief Justice of Calcutta High Court Rajesh Bindal. Live Law reported that the letter alleged biased an improper listing and hearing of cases by Justice Bindal. Citing the recent political matters related to the Narda bribery case and Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee's petition challenging the Nandi Gram poll results, the letter stated and I quote, Justice Bindal is a partial, unfair and biased judge whose continuance at High Court interferes with fair and impartial dispensation of justice, unquote. According to Bar and Bench, the letter was also signed by the chairperson of the Bar Council of West Bengal. Ashok Kumar Dev, who is also a Trinamool Congress MLA. The letter contended that a five-judge bench headed by Bindal allowed the CBI to file multiple affidavits in the Narda case, but on 9th of June refused to admit affidavits from CM Banerjee and West Bengal Law Minister Molloy Ghatak, challenging a petition by the CBI to transfer the Narda case from the special CBI court to the High Court itself. Subsequently, the two leaders approached the Supreme Court, which directed the High Court to admit their affidavits before deciding on the transfer plea. The Indian Army today said that two separate drone activities were spotted over the Ratnuchak-Kaluchak military area in Jammu at midnight. According to NDTV, the official statement released by the Army said that a major threat was averted after alert troops fired at the drones and the drones then flew away. The drones were spotted near the Kaluchak military station in Jammu. The first drone was sighted at 11.30 pm and the second around 1.30 am. The army said that the incident is being investigated and the military station has been cordoned off. Jammu and Kashmir's Director General of Police dilbagh Singh said, a drone with payload was suspected to have been used to drop the explosive material. The drones were spotted a day after the Indian Air Force said that two low-intensity explosions were reported in the technical area of the Jammu Air Force Station. Please consider this a trigger warning as the following news contains references to sexual violence. Two local CPIM leaders, identified as PP Baburaj and TP Lijesh, were arrested today for allegedly raping a fellow woman comrade of the governing Marxist party in the North Kerala district of Karimbanapalam. According to Indian Express, the accused have been charged with rape, trespassing of property and criminal intimidation based on a complaint from the woman. The woman, who was a member of the Wadakara branch committee of the CPIM, alleged that three months ago, Baburaj barged into her house and raped her. He continued to sexually abuse her several times while blackmailing to expose their relationship to her husband and others. According to her complaint, Lijesh too sexually abused her, threatening the same. Witnessing the harassment by the two, she filed a complaint with the police on Saturday. Following the arrest, according to the party sources, the CPIM has suspended the two. While Babu Raj was a branch secretary to the CPIM, Lijesh was a regional secretary of the party's youth wing, DYFI. The United States on Sunday carried out another round of air raids against Iran-backed militia groups in Iraq and Syria. Al Jazeera reported that this came in response to drone attacks against U.S. personnel and facilities in recent weeks. In an official statement released on Sunday, the U.S. military said that it targeted operational and weapon storage facilities at two locations in Syria and one location in Iraq. The Britain-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights said that at least five fighters were killed and several others wounded. Two Iraqi militia officials told the Associated Press in Baghdad that four militia men were killed near the Syrian border. Meanwhile, Syrian Arab news agency reported one child being killed and at least three other people being wounded. The Iran-backed armed groups have openly vowed to retaliate against the attacks. According to Al Jazeera, the attacks came even as Joe Biden's administration is looking to potentially revive. A 2015 nuclear deal with Iran, known as the JCPOA. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.